Hello and welcome to another episode of Raise Your Voice. This is the second one. I am beyond thrilled because I am just so excited about the response that this podcast is getting and the people that want to just come on here and authentically share their story with others because they've realized that their story has power and value and I have a way to help them reach more. And that's something that I am so proud of. So thank you for all your support in advance because I could not do this truly without you listeners. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to finish up those listener questions because we're going to start with interviews next time. January 30th will be an interview of someone else's story. But this is kind of concluding the questions that people had for me. And they all kind of surrounded the same theme. And that would be family. There are some motherhood questions, some questions about stories, and really just maybe some secrecy and things that people just want my perspective on. And I'm so excited to share. So like I alluded to last time, I will be sharing a Bible verse uh, in every episode. So I'm going to start off this episode with that because we're going to talk about sin and secrets. So this was so fitting when I read this this morning. It's in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Basically saying sin is what we do. The hardest part, admitting it, right? You've done something wrong. Think about your childhood. You broke a plate. I would pretty much do everything besides actually admitting it. I would glue the plate together. When that didn't work, I would hide it. When that didn't work, I'd really pray my brothers didn't tell on me. And then I would just pretend it didn't happen until someone asked where the plate was and I had to confess. Thankfully, learning later in life that maybe that's not the best way to do things. So that really stood out to me because of the first question that I got asked. And this was sent to me in a private message. And I'm reading the questions verbatim. So here we go. I'm not going to say who this is from because they have asked to be kept anonymous. Can I ask a question for your podcast, but privately, not in comments, but I've also been dealing with some family stuff. So my question is, how do you push forward after everything when trust is broken or when you find out more family secrets? Been really trying to figure that one out for myself. So that's the question. And to really catch everybody up quickly, I recently in the past few months found out that the dad who raised me is not my biological dad. Okay. You can go ahead and find my blog, kiestamok.com, read the story. You'll get all the details. 
But for me, obviously, my parents had a secret for 30 plus years, and I just found out at the age of 32, and apparently, this friend of mine is going through some of those similar things and wants just to know, how do you push forward after everything when trust is broken or when you find out more family secrets? And I really don't have a long answer to that one because life is way too short to be mad at someone or to not forgive someone because it really, at the end of the day, it only was affecting me. And that was the hardest part because I read the book Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkhurst. And if that's if this is a boat that you're in, like you are really resenting someone or you're holding a grudge on someone for something that they did or that had happened in the past, read that book because it was honestly life-changing for me. And it was gifted to me by one of my best friends, Kelsey. And so I read the book. I went through it and it really talks about if you're going to go into every conversation. So let's say you're mad at somebody and every time you go talk to them, what you want them to do is apologize. So you're going into the conversation expecting that apology and you're wanting the apology from them. Guess what they're not going to do? They're most likely not going to apologize. So then you get to leave that conversation feeling disappointed, angry, frustrated, whatever it is, irritated, because they didn't do what you wanted them to do. That's not fair. They don't know that's what we want. We assume they know that's what we want. And until we communicate that with them, which is extremely difficult, I understand that, until we tell them, then we can't really expect anything back. We have to do the hard things first. And that's, honestly, that's just a hard pill to swallow. The book by Lisa Turkers, The Forgiving What You Can't Forget, talked about that exact scenario. So not making sure you're entering every single conversation, expecting something else. So I wanted to read a part from this book. And so it's, In the book, page 77, and it says, The world defines vulnerability as exposing oneself in such a way as to risk exposure to harm. In this scenario, the vulnerability would be going up to someone and saying, Hi, I really think that you owe me an apology when you did this to me. Or, you kept that secret for so many years and you definitely had opportunities to tell me. I would just really love an apology or an explanation or really anything. But if you don't ask, you don't get, at least they don't know what you want. So you don't have a chance of getting it. She goes on to say, and I think that's sad. I understand it. After all, I've certainly experienced it, but I've seen another reality of vulnerability, a beautiful side. Instead of it meaning exposing myself, It can mean opening myself to know and love other people while also allowing them to know and love me. That right there is the hardest part. Opening yourself up for others to love you as you love them. 
versus opening yourself up to be hurt. That's the different way of thinking about it. I guess I lied when I said I don't have a long answer to that question because it's a very multifaceted answer for a very hard question. And in my current world right now, I'm leaning back on my faith and that I didn't find out these really hard truths until I was absolutely ready for it. And was I ever going to be ready? Probably not. But I had family and friends who were there to support me. I had my work family there the next day to just be there for me. I had friends just check on me every single day to make sure, hey, you still okay? Are you needing anything? Those little tiny actions from all those different people just kept me moving forward. And so it's leaning on those who are there for you when it's hard and when it's maybe not convenient for them. Because we all have those people in our life that, hey, hey, do you need anything? And they'll reach out to you when they have a minute or when they have extra time. And you're like, no, I'm good, but I did need you last week and you didn't ever respond, right? Those are not people that you should be leaning on and trusting. I get it. We're all busy. I'm not saying don't do it if someone didn't respond to your text message because they were busy. But you know those people. We all have them in our lives. Lean on the ones that are going to be there for you whenever you need them, not simply when it works for them. That's how I'm getting through this. I'm leaning on those that are always there. And those couple people, literally couple people, have helped me to stay afloat. The other part of that question that you as the person who asked the question probably don't want to hear is you have to tell them that you're very angry or upset because I had to do that. I had to say, I am very mad that this happened, but I don't need an explanation or the what's and the why's of all the different scenarios because I could have been told that I had a biological dad when I was 10 15, 20, 25, even 30, and I wasn't. And I'm not about to jump in a time machine and go back to figure out why that is because it doesn't matter. Honestly, worrying about the why that it didn't occur until it did is a waste of time. So the family secrets and I would say trust is something that very hard to gain, easy to lose, but extremely hard to gain and to keep. So I will pray that you find just some comfort knowing that you don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to forgive them right away, but you do have to communicate. The second question, I've got three for today. The second one was, What led you to start a blog so many years ago and then now a podcast? That for me is super easy because I grew up in the world without cell phones. Most of you listeners probably did. We didn't have cell phones and so we didn't text. We wrote notes. 
And I've always found writing things out or writing them down is sort of a healing process. And it maybe will allow me to think about other things if I can just get it down on paper. I used to write long letters to even like my mom and dad when I was growing up. If I was super, I don't know, angry, you know, I was a teenage girl at one point in time. Who knows what I was angry about? But I'd write them letters because I wanted to just get out all the words and all the feelings. So writing for me has always been sort of a healing process. And I started blogging shortly after my kids were born. At the time, I really didn't know why I was starting it. Just knowing that having a place to write things down and publish it, no matter if two people read it or zero people read it or 150 people read it, It was healing for me just to get the feelings on paper and out of my brain. It's fun to actually go look back and reread some of those because you really do see the difference, the different phases of life, the different ways that you're dealing with certain things. Because when I started my blog, I didn't realize that I was in the midst of a very, very, very difficult struggle with postpartum depression. I didn't even realize it, but I believe that that blog was a sort of door that kept getting pushed open to allow someone to come and say something. And I don't know if I knew what I was doing or if I knew that I was subtly asking for help through a blog, but that's what it was. It was just something for me to start healing. And it's turned into that exact thing. I've written about my postpartum depression. I've written about mental illness. I've written about suicide attempts. I've written about my recent story with my biological dad and all of that. You go back, I've written about comparing yourself to people and not being liked by people because when you feel like you're not liked, it doesn't feel great. And so how do I process? I write. I get it out that way. That for me was the blog and I've always sort of loved technology and learned the new ways of doing technology. So having a website in my blog was just another challenge that I got to do and accomplish. And for the past probably three years, I've been wanting to do a podcast. So I've just continued to learn about what it takes to do a podcast, what it takes to set one up and record and do all the things that that entails. While I was doing all of that, I was still blogging and writing. And I would also be doing Facebook Live videos. As mentioned in the last podcast, I sell Lime Life makeup and skincare. And for those businesses, right? And the direct sale, the direct sales world, you, you do Facebook live videos to sell things. But for me, it always turned into sort of like a rant about how to maybe set boundaries better or how to set goals or my maybe road rage that day. It didn't really matter what I was talking about, but I just knew that it was sort of an inching towards the podcast every time I did that with and I would all I would always be putting on makeup I mean you can scroll through my Facebook videos and I'm always putting on makeup but they always started 
to veer away from that topic onto something different. Then I had a friend, um, Caleb, who at Cycle Bar one day was like, okay, I'm obsessed with your live videos. You need to have a podcast. That was about three years ago. And for me, it was like, okay, maybe. But three years ago, I like laughed, I'm pretty sure. And I was like, no way. But then I kept thinking about it. Like, well, I already do this and I already do that. I'm writing a blog. I'm already doing Facebook Lives. I want to continue to share my story. Because every single time something in my life has happened, whether it's having children, a mental illness crisis, or finding out you have a new family, there are others in the world that are or have experienced that. They're either currently experiencing it or they have. Or one day they will. And they're going to have these stories to fall back on and feel not so alone. Because specifically with mental illness, that's a big part of it. Feeling like you are crazy. Like you're the only one who thinks these things. Like, why can't you just turn off your brain and go to bed? That's anxiety. Talking about things allows others to feel comfortable talking about them too. And I think for too many years, too many people have not talked, have not shared what has happened to them, for them, about them, with their families. But sharing out your story, whatever it is, it will connect with someone else, one other person at least. And for me, that was enough. I shared my very first story after I had come to the realization that a suicide attempt is a part of my life. And that was very hard. It took even my husband, Jason, and I over a year to talk about it with each other in a healthy way. And then a whole nother year after that, it took to tell others. So that wasn't an easy process, but it was a process that occurred and connected me with so many other people. I now get to speak once a year to our middle and high school students at our church about suicide. Because if you look at my life, And if you know me at all, people are mind blown and think, how did that happen to you? You're always so happy. You're always so this. Well, that's the point. That's the point. Is you don't know what you don't know. So let's stop judging each other and ask more questions. Or be like me and start a podcast so you can just tell the world. Right? Last but not least... This question is from Jess, the same college roommate that sent me the question for last week. And her question was so good. It was, what's the rose and thorn of motherhood for me? And that question was almost instantly answered in my head because I was like, okay, the best part about parenting is watching my little people succeed. Watching Jameson finish an like a drawing or a coloring sheet and his pride he has in a simple, that simple thing. I'm just 
jealous of that because he literally just feels successful after making a coloring sheet where I sometimes struggle to celebrate those little tiny moments as an adult. So watching him do it is amazing. Same thing with Charlotte. She'll read a whole book and be so proud of herself. And I get to just revel in her pride with her. The thorn, probably the worst part about parenting. For me personally, it's the fear. The fear of the anxiety really of them getting hurt or me doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing or affecting them in a way that's going to make them turn out to be these crazy people. Just helping them be the best version of themselves every day is what I try to do. But the fear that I'm not doing that is probably the worst part. Because being a mom is hard. Being a dad, so hard. And instead of looking at others, which is what I believe I was doing a lot when my kids were babies, which lent itself into the postpartum depression. Because if you constantly are judging yourself against what other people are doing and thinking you're a bad mom, well, that's your thoughts. So you're going to think that you're a bad mom. And then, you know, you've heard it. Comparison is the thief of joy. Well, it sure is. But it's super easy to compare to others, to compare yourself to others, compare others to you. Whether you're the good one or bad one in that scenario, it doesn't really matter because comparison is truly the thief of joy. You can't feel good if you feel good only because someone else feels bad. That is not the way to feel good. Comparison. Probably the second little thorn about motherhood. But as they grow up and be, mm, start to become who they will be and who they are, our kids very much will say they're, they are perfect. <laughs> they say that because we tell them that God made them the exact way that they're supposed to be. So they are perfect. Charlotte likes to read. Jameson likes to play football. They're different, but they're both perfect. You listening to this, we're also made perfectly by God for a purpose on this earth that maybe you don't even realize yet. That is an extremely large gift that I think a lot of us take for granted. Because we'll look at someone else and wonder why we're not more like them. Whether that's looks successes, the house they live in, the car they drive, the way their kids behave at the dinner table at a restaurant. Whatever it is, you're on your own journey and comparing that to someone else's journey is literally like comparing an apple to an orange. Again, it's literally my thorn of motherhood, so I constantly do it. But allowing myself to say that out loud allows me then to forgive myself. Hey, we're all human. And I know I'm not alone in that. There's probably 50 books that I've read about it, so I know I'm not alone. But 
that is where I'm going to end. I will link up the book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, because I referenced it a few times in here. And I just want to thank those of you that asked questions because it really helped get this podcast off the ground. Like I said at the beginning, I thank you. I could not do this without you. And I can't wait to talk to you guys in a few weeks. Have a great Monday.